I'm, this, I think hopefully this gives a little, uh, that one, we'll start that one over again. <laughs> Welcome to People Who Do Things, a podcast about creating and creative people. I'm John H. Matthews. And I'm Laura Buckwald. So it is our inaugural episode, John. Yes, light off the fireworks and crack some champagne. Um, Yes. I am tentatively nervous and optimistic at the same time. Excellent. That's kind of my default. Yes, yes. I, I try to stay that way. It keeps you fresh. When we first started talking about collaborating, I envisioned it being something in writing. So when you then came up with this idea or you had had this idea and you pitched it to me, I thought it was... um, great because I've for a long time wanted to do something where uh, an exploration of the creative process, not just for writers like us, but for all creators. Um, and I just like to talk. And you just like to talk. Yeah. And and I'm a good listener. <laughs> so it works out beautifully. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm excited to dive further into this. We have a bunch of interesting guests lined up. Um, who will We do. I'm talk. very, very excited. Um, um, I don't know if we should name drop yet, but we're definitely already posting on on Facebook. Okay, yeah. Tomorrow we record Claudia Zuluaga, who I'm very excited to talk about and talk to. Um, She has an incredible book called Fort Starlight that just, uh, it hooked me and I read so quickly and I really can't wait to talk to her and uh, see what comes from that. We Mm -hmm. have Michael McClone, a comedian, actor, spokesperson, uh, musician, musician uh, writer. Uh, just a general do-it-all. The old cliche about hardest working man in showbiz definitely applies to Michael. And uh, I'm very, very uh, excited to talk to him next week. Next so, week, yeah. Well, and next we week also... to us, who knows when it'll be for you. Right, exactly. Let's talk about inspiration. That's a good topic. It's a broad one. Very, but... very broad, but, you know, we're, we're, we're in this, 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 thing to talk about creativity and to be creative you have to be inspired somehow Mm -hmm. so it it all works into each other um so it's 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 to talk about inspiration is sort of like that that first time sitting down the internet like 30 years ago i was like what do i type you know it's like like i have the world at my fingers i don't know what to do right now is how do you talk about inspiration and we do an episode later about talking about inspiration for specific books and specific Mm -hmm. works but this is more general and broad than that right i mean i i know you and i both read voraciously as kids and I, I don't know that we've actually talked about when we began writing, but I, I would imagine you began writing as a kid as well. I yeah. did. I did probably a little later more, you know, I was the one kid who, who was always excited about the writing assignments, especially mm-hmm. when we start pushing like junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when you're younger that you always enjoyed them because you got to write about dinosaurs or whatever. Um, but right. once you got older and to the age, you're supposed to hate the writing assignments. Now, if you had to research something, I hated that. Yeah, I actually, I, I've always enjoyed the research part of it as well. Um, creative writing, I, I mean, I, I remember writing creatively. I actually found some stories I wrote like in the first grade and you can imagine how um, well-formed they are, but um, it, it was kind of, you know, when, 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 when your imagination doesn't get in the way of anything, you don't second guess it, you know, that's, oh, totally. um, I guess when I started writing, 
I remember in fourth grade, we had a creative writing teacher who about halfway through the year told me that I could not end every story with, and then he woke up and it was all a dream. <laughs> the Dallas ending, yeah. <laughs> is that what it is, or the Newhart ending? Yeah, oh, um, oh, okay, well, Newhart pulled it off. Okay, that, that was an incredible right. ending to a show, but yes. Uh, and, and you struck on something there, and, and maybe those who go on in their adult life to write are the ones who, who never let their, you know, st stopped imagining. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, at some point, a lot of kids, you know, are told or just on their own. It's like, well, I can't do that anymore. You know, it's like, and, and those of us who, you know, kept imagining, you know, things started yeah. writing them down. Yes. Yeah, and, and then started imagining not just, you know, complete fantasy or, or dinosaurs or, you know, outer space, but imagining scenarios anchored in reality. So, Definitely. you know, um, I mean, there's like everything, there's a flip side to it. Sometimes I'm very capable of imagining worst case scenarios. Um, but I think that can serve fiction fairly well, right? It or, can, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You unless know, you're writing very cute stuff, but yeah. 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 I don't write very cute stuff. No, no, I don't, I don't yeah. either. Now I know when I first really became serious about it. Okay. The first, first time I became really serious about it. I was living in Northern California for a year, working in Silicon Valley and um, making nothing in Silicon Valley terms at that point. Mm -hmm. And and all I had was a little convertible and, and every dollar went to paying my rent, paying car payment, paying student loans back or like that. And so I got to where on the weekends, I was checking a book out of the library and, and um, going and driving my car somewhere sitting and reading. And so I decided what better to read at that point and that location is I went through a lot of John Steinbeck books mm -hmm. and I, <laughs> I, I literally did read Cannery Row sitting on Cannery Row one day. And, um, um, and, and, and that was really cool to me because as I look up and it's like, oh, there's, there's Doc Ricketts house. And um, then I came up with my own idea for a story, a short story. And I wrote it over the course of several months there and submitted it to a Steinbeck short story competition and stuff like that. It was really cool. It did not win. Some actual person with six published books actually won it. I did not know it was a professional contest. Unfair advantage. Do you uh, still completely. have that story? Oh, I do. I do. Yes. yes. Would you send it to me? Of course I will. I, I'm still very proud of it. So, uh, yeah. Um. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but actually my fiction writing career kind of began in earnest in Northern California as well. Interesting. That had to have come up that first night that we stayed up too late talking it about it. It probably everything. did, but there was wine involved. So I don't there remember. There was wine involved. Yeah. Um, not copious amounts, but there was no, wine involved. No, just enough. Um, yeah, I was actually living in what what year was that for you? 97, 98. That's what I was living. <laughs> I lived in San Francisco from 96 to 98. I worked at CNET. Um, we were, we were there together. I was, we I were was in um, absolutely there. Yeah. I was in, in uh first six months I was in Redwood Shores. Okay. And then the second six months I was in uh, San Jose. Beautiful part of the world. We were, uh, we were right on hate street in Broderick. Um, and I, uh, 
I, the day I was going to go in and let them know we were moving back to New York in two months, I was told that my department was folding and I was getting two months severance. I hadn't been there very long. So I spent my last two months in San Francisco running and exploring the city. And, and Perfect. that's really when I started exploring fiction Good. in earnest, you know, um, it's, it's, and we are talking about inspiration and in San Francisco, the Bay area, Northern California is, is just pure yeah. inspiration to people who were open to it, you know, to those who have Absolutely. not stopped that part of them. And, and that's why I started there. It got put away again for a long time. And then I didn't yeah, start writing again, does. but uh, you know, I, I often revisited that story you know, and remembered, oh, I remember how much I enjoyed writing this, but now between yeah. you know, work and soccer practices for the kid and everything like that is how do I find time? And finally I did. That part of the world has a really rich literary tradition as well. I, I know you and I, when we were coming up with names for our podcast and batting around some of our favorite bookstores things, one of our favorites was City Lights, which is owned by Lawrence Ferlinghetti. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's right off of Jack Kerouac Alley, right in, I guess it would be North Beach area, San Francisco. Sounds right, yeah. We would go there on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and buy books and then go to Vesuvio's, was that the name of the bar? And and just sit upstairs and, and read our books like as yeah. the, you know, the afternoon light was waning in the city and it was just, definitely it was a beautiful time period. It was, yeah. In California. And that that area, yeah, I know one one time I, I went and found the cafe where where presumably uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola sat to write the screenplay for The Godfather. Well, and I, you know, it's interesting when I lived in Northern California, that was the longest I'd been away from home, you know, living independently. And yeah. maybe there was something about that that kind of opened up the the synapses of of inspiration. Um, yeah. taking in new things, you know, I, I, I know we've talked about this. I find it sometimes easier to write from home, even though I have to get better at writing in my home. Cause this is where I spend most of my time, but, um, you know, these, these self-imposed writing retreats, or I know you take them as well, right. Throughout mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, you know, I think there's real value and inspiration in that in dedicated time where you're meant to be writing. There is, there is. And, and, and the time is part of it and, and the location. I mean, we talk about Northern California, but, you know, it's getting away from my, my suburbia here and out to the hills, mm-hmm. you know, even if what I'm writing has nothing to do with that kind of scenery, just mm-hmm. sit, sitting near big rolling hills or what they call mountains here, uh, you know, is inspiring to me sitting with a view of the ocean sitting, you know, anything like that just, just sort of sparks those, those juices. Yeah, I also, you know, we've talked about this and we'll talk about it again, you know, reading while you're writing, but we've also talked about watching, you know, some of the great television that's out there right now or watching movies or, you know, I, uh, I see a lot of theater in New York or I used to, I'm starting to again. Um, And I always get inspired even by the stuff that I don't necessarily take to, I don't, you know, you know, by storytelling that I, I don't want to call it, I, I don't want to judge any other piece of creative writing, but the thing, things that I, I don't necessarily take to, I, I get, right. there's an, I get inspired to write stories based on stories that I'm seeing or hearing or reading. Right. Right. Yeah. And you get inspired by them, not, you know, to recreate them, but, right, but, but it some word something. in a TV show or, or, or a song or something can mm-hmm. spark a totally different story in your head. 
Yeah. Or the mood of a song mm-hmm. or the, yeah. um, you know, or like, uh, you know, I feel, I, I know I've said this before as well, but I feel like as fiction writers, we file everything away and, and, and a lot of it ends up being fodder for stuff that we write. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a short story that I've been working on on and off over the years. It's changed format a bunch, but um, inspired by a cab ride on a rainy night, looking out the window and seeing somebody I knew vaguely, didn't know very well, and having a split second of, oh God, it's pouring rain. She's trying to hail a cab. Should I give her a ride? You know, and that just kind of, I mean, it, it's totally different, but that just led to the spark of an idea for a story that I'm working yeah. on. So so one thing in talking about inspiration, I, 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 we, we should talk briefly before we shut this down about the arch enemy of inspiration and creativity. Which and that is? is that is writer's block. Oh God, yeah. Right that. now, mm-hmm. I I have a um, a theory myself, and okay. and I do believe writer's block happens, and I, and I do some think some people they just can sit there and cannot come up with idea. For myself, at least, I find writer's block to be one of two things, or an excuse for one of two things. One is I've written myself into a corner. Mm-hmm. All right, and I've done this several times, especially with my detective series is I arced too quickly. I did something and, and all of a sudden it's like, where do I go? And I've sat there and stared at the book for days, weeks, months, thinking, I don't know where to go next with this. And that's because I literally put a wall in front of them way too early. And I am resisting the idea of actually rewriting the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and so then finally, when I realized, okay, even though I love this darling, I got to get rid of it yeah. and and rewrite this this story arc. Uh, to work. And so that one part of writer's block to me is writing yourself into uh, a corner. And then the other is just, you know, the outside world, the influence on you, the work, the pandemic. uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a big part of it for me is distraction. And Mm -hmm. and there is plenty. And, you know, that's, I don't remember who said that the hardest thing about writing is that nobody else cares if you do it. And, you know, it's very easy for me to talk myself out of like, is this valuable to be sitting down and, and, you know, um, writing fiction with no real end game except finishing the story. Um, So I think, yeah, I think writer's block can be a bit of a misnomer. I, I think the first case that you talk about, it very much is that because you've, you, you've written yourself into a corner and mm-hmm. you've blocked you're you're blocked in terms of where to right. go um and i've gotten better I, at avoiding that now because i've actually started outlining that's great yeah. i didn't my first several I, books and but my last several i have outlined and so that that avoids that wall yeah i i'm a big proponent of outlining once you get to a certain point in the yes. story i think yes. you need to kind of let it flow at first um mm-hmm. so you know what it is you're outlining I, you know, the other important thing that I always tell, you know, I, I do some work as an editor and when I'm working with clients who are writing books, the outline is a fluid document. And that's something oh, yeah. that um, has been really helpful. You know, you're not, you're not married to your outline. It's, it's a just, guideline more than it's an outline. a guideline. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I've point. added chapters. I've added characters mm-hmm. that weren't outlined and, and, you know, ended up making it better, I hope, but yeah. it, it's something to write toward. And then right, exactly. if something else happens, just like, okay, I'm going to drive to California. I had no intention of ending up in Minneapolis, right? but I did. And something fun happened there. So, right. You have a point A and a point H yeah. and where you go in between is exactly is 
um, is up to you. And it is good to plot it out in outline form, but but with the understanding that it can change. Um, I think another source of writer's block that you hit on before is, um, is and we talked about this with regard to a writer who we both know, um, who gets in their own way because of a resistance to writing that first draft, yep. you know, a, a need for perfection or, or mm -hmm. a perceived need for perfection. Um, you know, I, I think all good writing has to go through multiple drafts before it it's ready. It um, and I think, you know, if, if one holds, you know, adheres too strongly to the idea that it has to be perfect right out of the gate, then you're going to run into writer's block because it's not going to be perfect right out of the gate. Well, it is obvious that inspiration and creativity and the concepts and, and writer's block is nothing that, that we can discuss in 20 minutes on a podcast. Uh, so I, I know every episode is going to touch on all of these at some point. Yeah. Um, I know a couple we've already recorded have touched on parts of this. And, you know, when we talk to, to other authors and, and songwriters, you know, writer's block will certainly come up. And so I, I, I'm definitely intrigued to see and interested to hear how other people handle it and their thoughts on it and, and, uh, what it leads to for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm always inspired by hearing how other writers deal with things like writer's block or where they get their inspiration. I, um, I'm really excited to keep going on this project with you and to, to talk to other people and, um, and see where it takes us. But this was a good first episode, my friend. This has been People Who Do Things with John H. Matthews and Laura Buckwald. Thanks for listening. <laughs>